And sometimes the judgment extends down to motive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's you gotta be very careful when you're judging motive. Yeah. You, now, actions, like, um, are a little more obvious, but motives are a lot more spurious. You just mm -hmm. don't know. And you can do a lot of damage. You're like, you do this because, mm -hmm. and then we we assign motive, and we we may not be anywhere near reality on that. And if you came out of a home that was like this, a critical home, maybe your parents had a critical marriage or um, people that you were surrounded by had critical marriages, that's where you really need to determine if you have fallen into that same hole of criticism. And if you have, just stop. Stop and repent and ask the Lord to show you how to be an encourager instead. Um, because we all have times where we can do this, but if you have a spirit of criticism and judgment, that is something you have to repent of and pray against. All right, babe, we're uh, we're so excited to be with you. Thank you for joining us for the Real Marriage Podcast. And we would love to help you as a couple go through Romans, perhaps the greatest book in the entire Bible. We've got a free study guide for you. And it's got little commentary. It's got the text right in there, place to take notes, stuff for discussion and prayer between the two of you. And if you're doing that, could you just let us know? Snap a screenshot, give us a shout out, send it into hello at realfaith.com and or tag me on social media. Honey, where can they tag you on social media? Sorry, you can't. You can't? How come you don't do social media? Oh, that's a whole nother program, so. Okay, so you can you can tag me on social media or... Mark will show it to me. It'll be fine. Yeah, pray for grace, man. I'm trying to drag her onto the internet. No that's luck fine. thus far, so. So everybody wonders what we do for Bible study. And if we sit down and we're like nerds together and searching through oh, our Bible. we do the Greek text. Holding hands We praying. read dead guys. <laughs> but we don't do it together initially. We talk about it after we've done it Because our brains are different, true yes. or false. So we're not, there's all kinds of ways to do this. And we want to make sure we're clear about studying the Bible together. It doesn't mean you're both sitting next to each other holding hands. If you like to do it that way, great. But it also can mean that you're studying in your own ways with your own personalities. And then you're coming together and talking about the highlights of it. Um, and maybe discussing things you don't understand together um, and talking ways of that you need to repent or that encouraged you or what, how you can grow together in an area. But yeah, a lot of people think that we are, <laughs> we study very so differently. I didn't intend to get down this rabbit trail. You get what you pay for. This is a free podcast, lower your expectations. So um, how, what do, what environment, you can just be honest, do you study in <laughs> versus I study in? I study on the couch with a warming blanket and Mark's Even studies. though we live in Arizona. <laughs> Mark's studying in his, in his studies in his office on an organized uh, live-edge desk. I have a live-edge desk. I have a meticulously organized, very clean office. I have all my books on the shelf, and I love listening to very loud Music. So right now I'm I'm a Hardy fan. I'm listening to Hardy, and uh, how loud is it? Well, loud enough for me to hear downstairs on the couch while I'm studying. <laughs> <laughs> so you like to sit on the couch in quiet, yes. and I like to sit upstairs to a full throttled country western, yeah. you know, rock concert. Yeah. And so we can't study together. And I and I tend to open up Logos Bible software. I do 
all these tabs. I've got total insanity going on. How about you? I have written notes all over the place and journals and notes in my Bible and notes on my notes. And then we go for a walk and we talk about it. And then we get together and you teach the women, I teach the men, and then we do the podcast. So the point is, whatever Bible study looks like for you, just find the way that works, but then make sure that you're sharing what you're learning. Yes. That's the key to the whole thing. So yes. today, we're going to do just that. We're going to have a conversation out of Romans. We're taking a few themes and threads. We're applying them to relationships in general, but marriage in particular. So um, just one big bomb of a verse. You can read it, babe, out of Romans 2, 1. Therefore, you have no excuse, oh man. Every one of you who judges, for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same things. Oh, boy. So mm -hmm. <laughs> obviously this has nothing to do with marriage because <laughs> no one in marriage has ever judged their spouse. Oh, no. Never mm -hmm. done that. No. So uh, we've never done that. We know that you listening to this have never done that. So this is just a principle that you and I can share <laughs> with those other couples who struggle in this area. What does it look like for one person in the relationship to decide our house is now a courtroom and I am judge and court is in session. Well, we were just talking about peace in the last episode and that would be the opposite of peace because it's the spirit of criticism and judgment and oftentimes blindness to your own sin. And so it's very self-righteous, hypocritical. Uh, it's very sad, actually. It's not a thriving place to be in. No, and he says... Uh you're a hypocrite, mm -hmm. that everybody who judges, we tend to judge others, but not ourselves. We're mm -hmm. blind to our own blindness. Mm -hmm. uh, Pastor Larry Osborne, who we love very much, he says, uh, the way this works is you treat the Bible as uh, binoculars, not a mirror. And in binoculars, you're looking, you know, way away from you at very fine details, and you're ignoring everything that is yours and close to you. Uh, the Bible is supposed to be a mirror for us before it is binoculars for a spouse. Yes. It's supposed to be us, and this is actually the analogy that uh, I think the book of James uses, that the Bible is like a mirror, that you look into it to see, okay, where do I need forgiveness? Where do I need God's grace? Where do I need to repent? Where do I need to change, learn, grow? Where do I need to overcome folly? I mean, what do I need to work on? If you're judging, if, if the husband and the wife are both judging themselves, uh, they don't have to worry about judging each other. And uh, what happens when we start judging our spouse is we put ourselves in the Jesus seat. Mm. Jesus says in John 5, he says, uh, the father trusts all judgment to the son. What Jesus is saying is he's like, judgment is my job. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing in marriage when we're judging our spouse, sitting on a throne judging them, we're saying, I I'm here to do Jesus' job. I'm here to be the Lord over your life. And I'm here to uh, convict you and condemn you. And uh, ultimately, then I'm going to punish you. And so the marriage turns into, it turns into more of a judicial than a relational kind of environment. Yeah. So true or false, if we struggle, struggle with this, has your husband struggled with this? Yeah, we both struggled with this. It's an easy place to go when we feel wronged or hurt. Uh, then we start judging um, instead of asking the Lord to assess us and our attitude and our heart. It's easier to judge the other person. Um, it's easier to just act out of our blind spots and look at the other person. And sometimes the judgment extends down to motive. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, it's you got to be very careful when you're judging motive. Yeah. You, now, actions like um, are a little more obvious, but motives are a lot more spurious. You just mm-hmm. don't know. And you can do a lot of damage. And you're like, you do this because, mm-hmm. and then we, we assign motive and we, we may not be anywhere near reality on that. And if you came out of a home that was like this, a critical home, maybe your parents had a critical marriage or um, people that you were surrounded by had critical marriages, um, that's where you really need to determine if you have fallen into that same um, hole of criticism. And and if you have, just stop. Stop and repent and ask the Lord to show you how to be an encourager instead. Um, because we all have times where we can do this, but if you have a spirit of criticism and judgment, that is something you have to repent of and pray against. Well, um, you talk about a critic and a spirit of criticism. Um, the difference I always like to say between a critic and a coach is not what they see, but what they say. Yes. And how they say it. And how they say it. A coach comes and says, okay, I think you can do better and I'm here to help. A Mm -hmm. critic comes along and says, you're worthless. I'm going to shoot you and walk away. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that we don't deal with issues in the marriage, but the question is, are you living with a critic or a coach? Mm -hmm. And a a critic, it's non-relational. They're not going to help you. They're just going to shoot you. They're going to judge you. They're going to walk away from you. They're not even going to discuss it with you. And there's not even the possibility that their judgment could possibly be wrong. Yeah. It's like a court in session. Once the judge hammers the gavel, it's over and there's no discussion. Yeah, I think you used to do this more with case building. And when you felt hurt by me or neglected by me, um, you would judge my motive instead of considering the circumstances and how to talk to me about it. Um, you would kind of case build and, and that's record of wrong. And we don't we don't need to do that in marriage. And I used to do it. Dif- it looked different, but I would do the same thing to you. And then I would quietly be hurt and let bitterness set in. You would speak it out and then try and help make me understand, but not, I, I felt alone in the process of change. Like you need to fix that versus how can we do this together and mm-hmm. how can we um, encourage each other to do better next time? Well, and you you mentioned the case building and it's it's like a lawyer who says, you know, I want to win this mm-hmm. argument. I want to mm-hmm. defeat this person. Therefore, all evidence and information that could possibly be used against them will be entered into a case file. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're living with a judge, that's what it feels like. Everything I say or do, gets added to the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the Bible talks about that. Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians 13, that love doesn't keep a record right. of wrong. Exactly. And case building is the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. It, it is a record of wrong. Mm-hmm. And what I would do then, because part of it is for me, um, I have an almost photographic memory. Yeah. Which is a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> it all depends on what you're trying to remember. It's great for Bible verses. It's bad for offenses. <laughs> And then what I would uh, seek to do is win the argument and I would lose my wife. Mm. Yeah, we need to win the relationship. Yeah, I want. I, I needed to win my wife. I didn't need to win the argument, mm-hmm. and and so that was my failure. And I'm also the maybe some of you can identify with this. I'm the guy with the critical eye. Mm-hmm. I can walk into a room and tell you what's out of place. Mm-hmm. I can listen to a sermon and tell you where the error was. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's something amiss or off, I notice that. Yeah. 
And that could be a real blessing because it can be for troubleshooting and problem solving. It can be a real curse because it literally can create an environment where like the standard is constantly perfection. Yeah. And I know you lived under that for some years, just like, I, I can't be perfect. I'm not perfect. And so part of my problem was not learning to let things go. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says, you know, it's a glory to overlook an offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means some things you're just like, I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. You know, not, not because it doesn't matter, but because the relationship matters more. Right, exactly. And not to take everything personally, because if you take it personally, you make it personal. And so we had, we've, continually have to learn to do that and how to talk about it instead of just let resentment come in and and then judgment. So I have to really work not to, you know, go law-based, court-based, judge-based. And what I find with you is I kind of reap what I sow. Mm Mm-hmm. If I come at you with grace and kindness and love and friendship and help and and I'm a coach and not a critic, I, I tend to get in return. If I come at you with law and judge, mm-hmm. if I put so then then how do you respond to me? Then I either get critical or I pull back. Yeah. And I mean, later in this section of Romans 2, it says God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. And so right there in the midst of all him talking about judgment and hard and impenitent hearts, storing up wrath, he's talking about the solution. And the solution is God's kindness, which again, he's the perfect example. And so we need to mimic that in showing kindness that leads others to repentance. God's kindness leads us to repentance and us showing God's kindness leads others to repentance. When we tend to sit in the judgment seat mm-hmm. and put the robe on and court is now in session and mm-hmm. I'm going to read the record of all your wrongs and then I'm going to hammer the gavel and there will be a verdict. The thought is this is going to punish you for what you've done, but it doesn't help you to change. Right. Yeah. And what you're talking about later in Romans 2.5 is it's the love, it's the mercy, it's the compassion, it's the relationship yeah. that not only points out what is wrong, but then fixes, heals, changes what is wrong so that the best version of that person comes forward. Yeah, and if you find yourself reacting in a judgmental way often, there's probably some sort of hurt down there that you need to deal with, you need to heal from, or you need to repent of one of the two. And so we would encourage you to examine that. Let the Lord examine that. Let the Lord heal that place so that you're not spewing out judgment on others because you feel judged or you feel hurt by something that happened, whether it was past or recent. And so I've had to do the same thing because some of my critical judgmental heart early on came from some places of pain in my past. And I needed to work through those and heal so that I could bless others with my words and not try and protect those places of my heart. I needed to let God have all of my heart. Well, and if you've got uh, the the environment of your home and your marriage is kind of like court Mm -hmm. and there's a judge, as soon as you add kids, they become the jury. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can try and get people on your side. You know, you know, now you're having the argument in front of the kids yeah. or mom's pulling one of the kids aside. You know what your dad said or did? And then what you're doing, you're literally creating a home that feels like a courtroom and the mm-hmm. kids are on the jury mm-hmm. and they're needing to take sides with the plaintiff or the defendant. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, how many people grew up in that home? And yeah. they didn't even realize it till right now. That's Not why you sided with dad or they sided with mom. Yeah. It's because you lived in a courtroom. Yeah. And one of the parents or both of the parents was convening court and judging, mm -hmm. and they put you in the box as the jury, which is a horrific place for a child to be. Right. Yeah. And we know lots of examples as well, just to give some hope if you are in that situation where um, oftentimes the man has realized that that's the environment he's created for his home and he is broken by that in a moment. God convicts him deeply and he will repent to his family and say, I have not loved you well. I have not brought grace into this home and forgiveness and peace into this home. And I need to repent and apologize to you. And I am going to work on the process of repentance change in our home. And then they start to lead their home differently. And the kids and the wife just flourish in that environment and they want to bless back. And so we've seen that. And there's been drastic changes in some of those homes where the men have taken the initiative to just say, I'm just, I need to repent of all this. I'm not even going to, you know, take bit by bit. I'm just going to repent of all of it. And we're going to change direction and completely pivot. And we're going to walk in peace by um, having kindness toward each other and forgiveness. Well, I think early in our marriage, I think the thing that was hard for you, if I'm just honest, is that you felt more like my interactions with you were more as judge. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't that way with the kids. Mm -mm. No, you were totally gracious with them. Explain the difference in that. Um, I mean, I asked you about that at one point and you said, um, they're, you know, we're trying to train them up and they're going to make mistakes. And so there was just somehow a different feel for them. Like, you know, they're just kids and that's how they are and that's how they learn. But there wasn't that same... Um, grace for grace. Grace for me. Like I I should have known better and I shouldn't still be doing that. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, there was part of that where it was true. I was covering over, you know, sins and habits, trying to make not as big a deal of it. And so I did need to deal with them. But again, it's the approach of how we go towards someone in that and the, the kindness that that's really what sets apart criticism versus... Um, Coaching. Yeah. Well, I remember one time you said to me, you're like, how can I just be in the same category as the kids? Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? You're like, well, I, I feel like you judge me and court's in session with them. It's always recess and mm -hmm. you're having fun yeah. and there's a lot of grace for them. And I was like, that's true. Mm -hmm. And, and if you grew up in a home like that, it may even be, I don't know why mom and dad fight so much. You know, they were awesome. Well, it's because... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't you didn't live under them as judge, mm -hmm. but they lived under one another as judge. Let's talk about in closing, because if 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 one or more of the spouses is a judge mm -hmm. and they're judgy mm -hmm. and they create a courtroom environment in the relationship and in the home, um, a couple of things happen. Number one, there is no differentiation between mistakes and sins. Mm. Yeah. So, honey, explain that. What's the difference between a sin and a mistake? Yeah, actually, you taught me that with the kids because um, for me, when I was annoyed by them or they did something against one of my rules, that was sin to me. But you showed me 
how to have grace for them in those situations. And even, you know, having a family in ministry, it's easy to discipline out of fear or uh, fear of man. What are they thinking? And that's not how we should discipline our kids ever, whether we're in ministry or not. But it was easy for me, me to stop and go, oh, that person's looking at us. I need to stop my child from doing that. Sometimes it was just being a child and it wasn't sin. It was, or it was a mistake and it wasn't sin. So let's tell them this, uh, the story that comes to mind, mistakes versus sins. Um, you were driving the Suburban. We always drove Suburban because mm-hmm. we had a lot of kids and I wanted you to win if you were ever in an accident. <laughs> um, and we just got a new sliding, rolling, big, long gate over the driveway mm-hmm. because uh, we had a shared driveway with some neighbors and one of the kids would drive up and down fast. And I was like, man, if our kids are out on bikes or skateboard and I don't want to be in danger, they were little. So I put the, the rolling gate in and it was uh, a little lower than, you know, the sight line of your Suburban. You forgot that <laughs> and we And I didn't have a backup sensor. Yeah, this was before backup <laughs> sensors. This is back in the olden days mm-hmm. uh, when we had wagons. And uh, and so what would happen, what happened was you came out of the driveway. I just put in this brand new expensive fence. Boom, you backed right into it, bent the whole thing <laughs> and dented the Suburban. Mm-hmm. So now I've got two things to repair, double the cost. And... Uh, and I remember in that moment, I had to intentionally decide court is not going to be in session. <laughs> yeah, but I almost didn't say anything because <laughs> because when court's in session, <laughs> it's hard to confess. So I determined that you were going to find out one way or another because we had a bent fence. So. And a dented suburban. <laughs> so yeah, I had to make a decision to be willing to fess up. Well, and in that as well, the point is, if you have a spouse who is like a judge, you're sneaky and you hide because you don't want to confess. The last Mm -hmm. thing you want to do is walk into court and say, I'm guilty. (laughs) I'm going to try and avoid court. Mm -hmm. I don't want to show up in court and I don't want to have to plead guilty. But in that moment, I literally remember, it was probably the Holy Spirit, just thinking, okay, if she was one of the kids, what would I do? What would I do? I had to put on the dad hat, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, because it wasn't a sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a mistake. It was a mistake. That was a very expensive mistake. Now, if I had been angry and just rammed into the fence, that would have been sin. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. If you were cranking Motley Crue and giving me the finger and tires burning with the kid's seat in the back, you know, just to slam into the gate. No. To spite me, yeah. um, um, you know, yeah, then maybe that would have been a sin. Yeah. But this was just a mistake. Yeah. And if you have a judicial court-based um, marriage, even mistakes get tried as cases mm-hmm. and then they get punished as sins. Yeah. And the result is uh, you're either perfect or punished, mm-hmm. which becomes a very discouraging environment. Mm-hmm. And it becomes an impossible place uh to do life and marriage. And so like Grace said, what happens then is if you're in that environment, you hide mm-hmm. or what you do, you just avoid each other. Yeah. And, and we don't want that for you. We want you to have a home where there's peace and unity and uh, there's not control, but there's influence through love and relationship. Mm-hmm. And for that to happen, uh, both of you need to get out of the judgment seat. Mm-hmm. Both of you need to put the gavel down. And both of you need to do like Jesus does. And that is the kindness that leads to repentance. Amen. 
Love you, babe. Sorry, I was difficult on some <laughs> occasions. And um, and we all make mistakes. Yeah, we do. Why don't you pray for our friends that they could have a good conversation about this and maybe one or both who are the judge would own it, apologize for it, and take the robe off and put the gavel down. Mm-hmm. Mm, dear Lord, thank you for your forgiveness that we can receive so that we can offer grace and forgiveness to others. I pray that um, if we are in a marriage that practices criticism and judgment um, as a regular environment, Lord, that we would hear right now from your spirit and we would repent of that, that we would not want to do that to our marriage, to our kids, to people around us, but that we would just release that to you and allow you to fill us with a spirit of grace, with a spirit of forgiveness, with a spirit of unity and peace. Lord, I just pray that you would grant that um, to each of these people that are listening and that they wouldn't be afraid to have these conversations um, and that they wouldn't be afraid of conviction um, that leads to change and to closer relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.